Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. After a successful off-Broadway and Broadway run, Joshua Harmon brings his affecting and hilarious play Significant Other to the Geffen Playhouse. This New York Times critic's pick follows Jordan, a single young professional with a close group of female friends who slowly drift away from him as they get married one by one while he searches for his own Mr. Right. Performances begin April 3rd. Cast info, tickets, and more at geffenplayhouse.com. You're listening to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you behind the scenes and in-depth with the creators of the hottest shows on Broadway and beyond. I'm your host, Variety's theater editor, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Robert Greenblatt. As the chairman of NBC Entertainment, he is the man behind his network's embrace of live performances in musical theater, with series like Smash and live broadcasts of musicals like The Sound of Music and Hairspray. This spring, NBC has Rise, the new show that's been described as Friday Night Lights, but with theater, not to mention a starry live broadcast of Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, and many more. On the side, Bob is also an avid Broadway fan and producer, serving as the lead producer on the musical version of 9 to 5 and investing in an impressive string of some of Broadway's biggest hits, including Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, and A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. He's here in the studio with me to talk about all that and more. Hey, Bob. Thanks for being here. Nice to be here, Gordon. Um, So let's talk first about Rise, which premiered on March 13th and has some pretty serious theater cred behind it, right? Like, it's executive produced by the Hamilton producer, Jeffrey Seller. It's based on Michael Sokolov's book, nonfiction book, Drama High, about one teacher's crusade to rejuvenate the high school theater program in a working class town. And it stars Josh Radner and Rosie Perez, who are stage regulars, and among the cast of kids is Moana herself, Ali Cravalho. Right. Um, so the easy pitch for the show is obviously Friday Night Lights, but with theater. But obviously it's more than that. What? Um, tell me more about it. Well, you know, uh, we're really excited about it. Um, you know, it started out with uh, reading this book, you know, which is a book that I highly recommend if, if you know, people haven't read it. But... Um, It's just a very inspirational story about a teacher in a high school that, you know, changes the lives of kids. And and I know there's many ways to do that in high school. And, and, you know, lots of kids have had their lives affected by teachers in high school. But um, this really struck a chord with me with it being the drama teacher. Um, And, you know, the book is really moving. So we took that as a sort of jumping off point. And then... Went to Jason Kadams, who's the creator of Parenthood and, and the Emmy-winning producer of Friday Night Lights. Now, who's we? Was Jeffrey involved at this point? Yes. Jeffrey okay. Seller brought me the book. We okay. made a, we and made an overall deal with Jeffrey yep. to produce television shows. And was that is your relationship with him through Hamilton? And yeah, I've your, known Jeffrey for a number yeah. of years, and um, I'm happy to say that I'm one of the one of the you know lucky few who he let invest in Hamilton. Yes, well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I said to him, I think it's, it would be great for you to do television. And uh, he was excited about that. And the first thing he sent me was this book, which he had gotten a number of years ago. And I think tried to tried to develop as a TV series somewhere else prior to bringing it to us. And uh, I'm surprised I didn't know about the book. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, right? Um, but I read it and immediately fell in love with it. And uh, so I said to Jeffrey, I think I know the perfect guy to adapt this as a TV series because you want to you know you want somebody who really knows 
what they're doing. And, and you know, we always start with a wish list of showrunners. And Jason Kadams is somebody who we have a, a deal with at our studio. And who is the creator of Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. Yeah. He, um, and is an Emmy-winning writer for Friday Night Lights yeah. and, and guided that show through its, you know, duration. And then Parenthood, which was another, you know, just extraordinary show about characters and, you know, and family. And uh, I actually, when I called Jason about this project, I started with him and I said, you know, you're probably not going to want to do this because it's going to feel like Friday Night Lights to you. And there's also a football component, you know, in it. Um, and uh, I said, but take a look at the book anyway. And he read it and was obsessed with it. I really thought he was going to pass because he didn't want to, you know, revisit teenagers in high school again in a small town. And he's not a theater person. He didn't, you know, he's not steeped in the theater like, like I was, or, you know, a lot of the Broadway people. Um, but he was really taken by this, you know, teacher and these kids. And then, you know, set about to kind of create his own version of what this show is in present day. And, um, I think he's gotten bitten by the theater bug. I, I will, I will say that. I feel like people can sometimes perceive theater as kind of a niche interest, but how how hard do you think it is to get kind of a broader audience interest? Look, in, I think you're like right. Rise? You know, the theater can be narrow to some degree. Um, I believe that it, you know everybody goes through high school and you either get you know caught up in the football or the sports program or the theater program. I mean, that was kind of my experience. Um, not the football program, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, it can also feel a little bit narrow and and maybe a little elitist. And, you know, I think we experienced a little bit of that with Smash. And, you know, uh, so you always go into it thinking, you know, there's, there's going to be obstacles and there's going to be barriers. But um, at the same time, there are so many shows for the audience all over the place. And, uh, you know, you can now survive with shows that aren't, necessarily the biggest audience so uh, or don't bring in the biggest audience so you know we just we all fell in love with the show and um, you know want to see it work now the first couple episodes um, there aren't a huge number of full-on musical sequences yet in those first few episodes how much uh, performance how many performance elements do you anticipate uh, the series well, we consciously, the, I think there'll be a fair amount of performance, yeah. but we consciously didn't want it to be the first thing that hits you. Mm -hmm. We really wanted to bring the larger audience in with, you know, the drama of what's going on with the parents and in the town and stuff that's going on in school that, you know, isn't necessarily directly related to the theater. And then the theater stuff sort of sneaks up on you. Right. Um, as the season unfolds in the first 10 episodes, you will watch a production of Spring Awakening come together in little you know, bits and pieces. But by this, the last episode, which you probably haven't seen yet. Not yet, no. The last episode, you actually it's see... 10 episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see opening night of Spring Awakening. Great. And I would say half the episode is, is this high school's version of Spring Awakening. So we get there. Uh, we just didn't want that to be the first thing that hit the audience because as you said it it could you know it could be that people don't immediately gravitate towards right. theater and I didn't want that to be something where they saw oh it's all about theater and right. so it's not for me right and so what is this we talked about this a little bit Rise is kind of just the latest example of your commitment to theater and live performance at the network um, what, what's that commi commitment rooted in for you 
Well, you know, it started uh, as we, we did the, you know, the first big live musical, yeah. Sound of Music, a few years ago, which is now like five years ago, I think. Yeah. A huge success. A huge success. And it started out of just a kind of, you know, experiment to see if we could do a big live event um, and get a big audience for it. And I had no idea it would, you know, turn into what it did. Um you know, I have theater in my background, um, which I guess if, you know, somebody else was sitting in my job who didn't have theater in their background, probably wouldn't have jumped on the idea of, you know, Craig and Niels when they said, let's do live sound and music. Um, but it seemed like uh, for me a way to differentiate the network, which five years ago was in a very different place than we are today. Yeah. We're, you know, you know, we're now the number one network in the country. Um, Five years ago, we were, I, I probably, I, I want to say three, we were probably number four. Mm. Um, and we were looking for things to just shake it up. Yeah. And, you know, The Voice was the first, one of the first shows I put on. Right. Um, which, you know, is different than a live musical, but it's all in this musical genre. Yeah. And performance and discovering young talent. And um, so with The Voice working as well as it did and then, a live musical and we do a lot of music specials and America's Got Talent like I said before has a, a lot of performance in it um, singers and dancers and now we do this show called World of Dance which is yeah. a big extravagant dance competition with some of the like most talented dancers you'll ever see anywhere on television and it, it's just now part of our our brand I guess yeah. and uh, you know we keep doing these musicals and yeah. they're really fun and People at the network get really excited about working on them too. Yeah. So, and live is a way to kind of eventize some of your programming in a in a world where we can watch anything anytime. You know, in a week, like oh, I'll get to the next episode of The Good Place in three weeks. It's uh, now it's uh, like a must. It actually is must see TV, yeah. right? It's <laughs> yeah, must see right now TV, right? Yeah. Well, it's no secret that audiences can you know watch whatever they want when they want to watch it. They don't have to watch it when we air it. Um, we fight that battle every day. And while we, you know, now can take advantage of a delayed audience, we know how to follow the audience. We know how to monetize that audience on different platforms. It's still, you know, our bread and butter is, you know, what's on the network, you know, on any given night and how big is our audience. And, you know, we have enormous audiences for the voice or this is us or some of our dramas. And, these live musicals just feel immediate and you have to watch them. We also do obviously a lot of live sports and right. anything that makes you feel like I have to watch that tonight is, you know, important to us and a little bit of a, you know, of a lost art. I remember when the, when Sony music was airing, like sitting in the, the truck with the director live that night and people emailing me while I was in the middle of the live show happening including people like Tina Fey and, you know, saying this is really exciting and we're all watching and we're home with the kids. And there was a sense of everybody on that, that Thursday, that the day of the show saying, I, I got to get home to watch the sound of music tonight and I can't wait to watch it. And, and that, you know, doesn't happen that much. So, you know, when we can find those live events where it works, we just did 17 nights of the Olympics, right. Which right. were huge. And, right. um, you know, it's important for a broadcast network to do that. And um, these live musicals are, we only do one a year. Right. But they become big headlines for us. Yeah. 
how do you choose what musicals get done? I feel like Spring Awakening is not probably a very good option. <laughs> That's right? a little bit of a tricky <laughs> see, one yeah. for us to do. Um, you know, we're it's just like everything. We want to find things that are going to have the broadest appeal. So while there is a long list of shows that I personally would love to do live, I think we have to focus on the ones that are the biggest shows that have been, you know, on Broadway or on tour, that, that the shows that people have the most chance of knowing um, and hopefully knowing their, their scores. Right. And it's not a huge list. Plus, there's yeah. rights issues. There's a lot of shows. Everyone says to me, oh, you should do West Side Story. I would love to do West Side Story, but those rights are not available because right. a movie's going to be made. And yep. there's a lot of reasons why shows, you know, are just not available to us. So right. the list gets even shorter when you look at what's available and and what is really big and really broad. And Jesus Christ Superstar is the next one. Yes. Yeah. We're, I'm happy to say we're doing Superstar on Easter Sunday, which yep. is... Right. Um, clever scheduling, if yeah. I do say so myself. <laughs> um, John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, and also theater folks like Norm Lewis, right, and Brandon yep. Victor Dixon. Yeah, it's we we always like to have Broadway, you know, the Broadway caliber actors in there, regardless of what we're doing. Um, and uh, I just it, Superstar is a, a show I've always loved, and you know, I I think it's one of the you know original. It's the original rock musical, and. You know, I think it's... But some that's actually the, literally true, right? I mean, like, I think uh, right? Can, I mean, maybe, maybe hair, hair, right. But it's really... This was so concerty, it feels right. even more... And erotic. began as an album. Right, I exactly. mean, it was really... Yeah. Pro, I don't even think it was conceived as a Broadway musical, yep. quote-unquote. It was conceived as a as a rock musical and done as an album. And then um, it's been staged all over the world in many different incarnations, from theater productions to arena productions. And the score is just incredible. And... You know, we're working on it right now, and it just is, like, iconic. I know we overuse that word, but it really is iconic. And not, there's not a, a, a host of songs you know. I mean, there's only a couple of songs that you can lift out of that score. Um, but the music is, is I think, just incredible. And, you know, the combination of what Tim and Andrew did together, I think, is, you know, is really unique. And... We came together, Craig Zayden and Neil Marin and, and I, and Mark Platt. Mark Platt, who, you know, is is our, you know, produced Grease for Fox. Yep. And is a huge, very successful movie producer of musicals, Into the Woods, and, mm-hmm. and doing the new Mary Poppins, right? Yep. Um, and Mark has always been talking about doing a movie remake of Superstar. And I went to him about a year ago, and I said, I know you've got that, you know, that you're going to do eventually, but... What about in the meantime doing um, a live television version of it? But we'll do it in a way that isn't literally the sort of movie. So we're doing it more of a staged concert. It's got a big audience. We've got fifteen hundred people in in this. You know, we're doing it in the in the Brooklyn Armory. Big Armory, yeah, yeah, in Brooklyn, yeah. And so it will be. You know, you'll get that feeling of a live audience like really loving this music what's the status on bye bye birdie there was talk of doing a bye bye birdie and then we still want to do it and this is a scheduling thing that's what i was talking talking about um jennifer lopez came to us and said i want to do this and then we ran into the realities of her schedule and then we put on world of dance which we did in between our conversations about birdie and, and you know when world of dance happened and it became this big hit for us last summer. So, of course, right. we have to do more World of Dance. So that 
happens at a certain time of the year. She has Vegas. You know, she recurs in Vegas yeah. four times a year. So when you plot the calendar out and you try to do it at Christmas, it's just become impossible for us to figure out. I still want to do it. I just don't know. I, I just can't promise when that will be. But Birdie with J-Lo sounds like fun, right? right? We all want to watch that. Yeah. yeah. I'll be back to talk Jesus Christ Superstar, Smash, and more with Robert Greenblatt right after this. After a successful off-Broadway and Broadway run, Joshua Harmon brings his affecting and hilarious play Significant Other to the Geffen Playhouse. This New York Times critic's pick follows Jordan, a single young professional with a close group of female friends who slowly drift away from him as they get married one by one while he searches for his own Mr. Right. Performances begin April 3rd. Cast info, tickets, and more at geffenplayhouse.com. And I'm back with Robert Greenblatt, the chairman of NBC Entertainment. All right, let's talk about Smash a little bit. Okay. Right. Taking into account, well, first of all, taking into account your experiences with both Smash and Rise, how hard is it to convey the reality of working in the theater, both on stage and backstage? Is, it, is that a particular kind of challenge? You know, I guess it's a challenge because anything that you, you know, put into a television show is just by definition going to feel produced and somewhat artificial, no matter how, you know, we're not making documentary. So no matter how faithful or truthful we try to be, um, you know, it's going to feel heightened and we're going to have to compress time and we're going to have to do things that, you know, make something feel, um, you know, a little artificial. That said, I, I don't know of, of a show in terms of smash, including yeah. Glee right. that had any more theater professionals working on it, right. you know, Broadway producers, Broadway, yeah, actors, Broadway was all over that show, Broadway absolutely. writers, yeah. Broadway designers, Broadway composers, Broadway recording, you know, sound people. I mean, it was literally, you know, a who's who of the theater. And, uh, while we did have to, you know, we were, t we were telling a story and we were, it was fiction. And so it was a soap opera. I mean, we were clearly in that genre. So things, you know, were heightened and a little over the top, which I think made it fun. Yeah. Um, but I'm always kind of surprised at how extremely, at how extreme the reaction is. I was going to say it was either love it Positive or, hate or it, negative or yeah. sometimes both at the same time. Yeah. But, but Everybody was talking about it. That right? concept. In the that, I yeah. mean, Smash may have invented the concept of hate watching. I, I'm not sure, but <laughs> why do you think that was? What do you, I, you think? You know, the... I don't know, but uh, people seem to love to hate it on some level, and uh, you know, I don't know. It was just a joy to work on, and for all those people who hated it, I would love to have them come work on the show because right. you know, it was nothing's more joyous than producing music and musical sequences and choreography. And I mean, we, you know, helped discover Josh, the choreographer. I mean, it's right. like it was, and, and Shaman and Whitman wrote, you know, an entire score for a Broadway musical in probably a, a, a fraction of the time they oh, would yeah. normally write a score, right? Cause they were on deadline yeah. to write a score. And, and yet, you know, it just was the thing to attack and, you know, and, and dislike. And, uh, I guess that's okay. I mean, what can you do? I yeah. mean, don't, don't read the critics and, and don't read the blogs if you don't want to be attacked on Broadway. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so there you have it. But I think it still has a, has a big following. I know people who, who would be anxious for a smash reboot. Let us well, say. interestingly enough, um, you know, we, I, I hear more about 
people loving Smash now than they ever did when it was on the air. Mm. And I will say, with again not being coy, but we are working on a Broadway, or should I say, let me let me say a stage version of it, because I I, I won't of promise Smash anything. Smash or of Bombshell? Um, because I, I will say know. both. Because okay. we've been doing bombshell the show within the show right. as kind of concerts right um, yeah I, at least one you did it in la as well right? we haven't done yeah. la yet we, no, we're yeah. going to do it next year oh, okay but, yeah but there was one here in new york for the actors fund did yeah. the benefit right, right where we took all the songs from bombshell and sort of put them together in what could be the order of a musical about right. marilyn monroe's life which was very popular y- now we were in a response you know, was huge yeah. that night yeah. we had a we had a an audience that you know would have loved it because they came to see it but um uh, it, it was it was really fun to be in that theater. Um, so we we've, we've been thinking about different ways to do a stage musical based on Bombshell or Smash, and that's all I'll say. There's there's an incarnation which which could sort of combine both, which we're working on with um, mm. Shaman Whitman, and uh, you know, in the next few months, I hope to be able to announce that formally, but. Um, you may not have seen The Last of Smash yet. I, well, the, I mean, one of my questions was, you're having quite a bit of success with the Will & Grace reboot. Right. Is there, is there a Smash reboot in the works? But it sounds like on stage is where you know that what? reboot is going to happen. I, I, think, I think the next incarnation will be on stage. Yeah. And maybe it will involve some of the incredible actors we had in the TV show. Because, you know, between Kat McPhee, who's about to go into Waitress yep. on Broadway, right? Yeah. And Megan Hilty and other people on that show, right. we have you know, people who could do it on stage at some point. Um, but again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, um, you know, it, there may be a, there may be a future for that, right. for that show. Right. And so on top of everything you do at NBC, you, um, and at Showtime before that, you've been involved in the theater industry for quite a while. You produce nine to five and uh, you have managed to really have a good eye for the shows that are about to win the, um, the best musical Tony Award. Well, I mean, you've uh, got some Hamilton, you've got some Dear Evan Hansen, you've got some Gentleman's Guide, you've right? Got right. Mean Girls. Mean is Girls this is year's in, yep. is this year's show? That, yep. Your involvement in that seems. Did you? I assume you got involved through your relationship with Tina Fey and her relationship with the network and with you. Yeah? I did. I've known about this show gestating for a, a while, and I have the, you know, the true pleasure of working with Tina on a number of different things and, and Lauren Michaels as well. Right. Um, who's the you know lead producer who's of the this. producer Lauren Michaels yeah um, the producer of Saturday Night Live and Casey Nicola who you know the first show I ever wrote a check for was Drowsy Chaperone oh. I saw it in L A at the Amundsen Theater at the Center Theater Group pre Broadway yeah. and I was blown away by it and I just I like uh, not unlike Hamilton I said you've got to let me write you a check for this and um, I thought Casey's work I mean we knew his work in Spam a lot which was amazing. Right. But I thought, wow, this is totally conceived, you know, from top to bottom. And it was so impressive. So, you know, when Tina told me that, you know, she was wanting to turn Mean Girls into a musical and that she'd been talking to Casey and Lauren was going to do it, I thought, well, let me in. I mean, I, I have nothing to do in terms of, you know, any of the creative process. I'm, I'm just there if they want to hear an opinion every now and then. But um, it's really a fun show that, you know, you can bring the family to and if I do say so myself uh, I think Tina's work is I mean she's always great at whatever she does I mean she writes books she writes movies she writes television shows that's insane she's now written the book to a Broadway musical which we know is among the hardest thing to do in life legendarily right Right? 
And I will say the book is as good as it gets. And she and she took up a, a screenplay from I don't know 15 years ago that she wrote, and it feels like it was written yesterday. It's totally updated. It's completely of the moment. There's social media. There's cell phones. In it, it's it's very relevant. And you know she's built a foundation upon which this show, you know, rests that is as good as. I've seen in a show in a long time. So it's really fun to be, you know, it's, it's fun to be in the world of Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey. They just are, you know, experts at what they do. And Jeff Richmond, I should say her husband who wrote the score, right. a first time, you know, score. And it's really, really exciting. And what's next on your theater plate? Um, I, there's a couple things that are, you know, uh, in development, I should say, which I know is a, a broad term that, um, sometimes doesn't mean anything, but, but, <laughs> you know, um, there, no, there's, a, there's a few things that, that are being worked on, but you know, uh, none of them have been sort of announced or, or are public, but, um, there's always a couple things that are, are happening. Would you want to lead produce again as you did on nine to five? You know, I would, if I didn't have this day this job, other job right? that you have to do when yeah. I was at showtime, uh, you know, I will say, which is when you produce nine to five, right? Which, which is, we're going on 10 years. Close. It's like what? 2009. Right. So it's been nine, it's been nine years. Um, you know, Showtime was a different animal than, than NBC in that, um, you know, the volume of, of projects is so much lower. So I was able to carve out enough time with an incredible staff of people where I could actually come to New York and spend months and, and sort of lead produce. Um, but I will say, I, I don't know anything harder than being the lead producer of a Broadway musical. I mean, I'll, at some point, I'd love to do it again. Um, but I just take my hat off to anybody who can pull these shows off. And 10 years later now, the cost of doing it is just, you know, that much higher. I will say the Broadway business is seems like it's never been stronger. Right. Ticket prices are obviously going up and up and up. And that's a, a concern for everybody. But it seems like if, you know, if you think there's a value proposition, you'll pay for it. I mean, Hamilton, Evan Hansen, all these shows, the premium ticket prices, people just don't hesitate to pay if they think they're going to really get a rewarding experience out of it. And um, doesn't it seem to you like the business itself has never been more robust? Absolutely. There's there's. Uh very little hesitation um, on a lot of these ticket prices. I, like, I feel like in in broad strokes it causes people concern, but as a consumer who thinks, oh, I want to see Hamilton and this is how much it's going to cost gonna me pay. on this night, you're going to pay yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And it seems like there's no shortage of investor either. Right. Because obviously shows cost more and more and more than they ever did. And there's a lineup of shows for every theater, right? Right. right. Uh, And I remember when we did nine to five, nine years ago, we raised our ticket price to 125. That was our sort of average. I think that was not even, that wasn't our average. That was our like base. Uh, No, that was the, I think that was the top ticket price. Yeah. And that was controversial. Mm -hmm. And people thought, Oh, no one's going to pay one twenty five. And there wasn't premium pricing or, you know, dynamic, dynamic seating and all that. Um, but it seems like the, you know, I don't know the, the, it's just an insatiable demand for, for good shows and people will pay what it, whatever, whatever it takes. Right. Right. Which is great. 
for the business, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what uh, you do next as a lead producer well, on Broadway. <laughs> me, me either. Yeah. <laughs> it could be it could be Smash uh, slash Bombshell the Musical. I love that. Who knows? I love that. Or Rise. Rise. But Tuesdays on NBC. Right? You never know, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Listen, thanks for being here, Bob. Thank you. To talk to you. Pleasure. Yeah. That was Robert Greenblatt the theater fan and producer who is, by day, the chairman of NBC Entertainment. On the next episode of StageCraft, I'll be talking to Billy Crudup, currently starring off-Broadway in the return engagement of the one-man thriller Harry Clark. Until then, see you at the theater. After a successful off-Broadway and Broadway run, Joshua Harmon brings his affecting and hilarious play Significant Other to the Geffen Playhouse. This New York Times critic's pick follows Jordan, a single young professional with a close group of female friends who slowly drift away from him as they get married one by one while he searches for his own Mr. Right. Performances begin April 3rd. Cast info, tickets, and more at geffenplayhouse.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.